C'è la luna mezza mare, mamma mia, mamma redare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Hollywood Godfather Podcast. And I'm so excited about tonight's show because one of my closest friends for many, many years early on, and now he became a big star. I haven't seen him in person in about 10 years. The last time we were in Arturo's Pizza Parlor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the great Steve Sharippa. And I knew How when he just started up? out, my man. How's everything? Good to see I'm, you. I'm, yeah, we, I ran a ticket in Arturo's on Houston Street. That's Was wild. it 10 years? Maybe. Is that wild, yeah. Goes fast, yeah. And I'm with our, our gorgeous host, Megan. <laughs> hey, How Megan. How you doing? Thanks for being uh, with thanks. us, Steve. Good and unfortunately, Pat Picciarelli is under the weather tonight. He wanted to talk to you. He's my co-authors to the book. But I'm so happy oh, you're okay. on, man. I mean, I, now you're in New York. I'm in New York City. Yeah. I moved back I into my old apartment. Two weeks ago, I came out here to California two weeks ago, and it's crazy here. Oh, yeah. it's crazy everywhere. Yeah. So the world has gone mad, my friend. That's, I, it's sad, actually, because you know, to me, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't either. It's I really crazy. don't know. I hope it, they calm it down. I don't know. I don't even know. Let's talk about something different because we go round and round in circles. <laughs> Let's Between talk the about the beginnings. Our beginnings. That, right? The yeah. pandemic for, for months. Not going to be this. You know? What the hell? Mm -hmm. But uh, jubilation. Amazing. Jubilation. I met you in 1980. I moved to Vegas in 1980, July 4th. Wow. I left New York uh, in June. Then I met you f first with Mikey Delmonica. Right. Uh, you guys were good friends back then. Right. Right? And Mikey was from my neighborhood. He was uh, uh, a few years older than me. And I met you there. And then I started working at Jubilation. You came in, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, right? Every Wednesday and Friday, you would come in. You had your Rolls Royce convertible. You lived a half a block from the club, but you took the Rolls Royce. <laughs> you had the fat guy, Primo, Primo. Primo driver, yeah, Primo. He was a driver. You would come in, somebody else, you always gave me a 10 or a 20, which was a good tip in 1981. I was at the door. You sat in the same booth all the time. Reserved that booth every night? I had the Every Wednesday and Friday. You came in. That was the Studio 54 of the West Coast, right? It really was, man. Happening club. That was the spot that Paul Anka owned it. His dad ran it. He was a right. nice guy. Andy, nice and guy. And it was all celebrities and boxers and athletes. And it's a whole different world there. Yeah. It's crazy. Then I, I, you left out that I had a limousine that followed me, that had Bobby Panaro, Jerry Cacci, yeah, my that's whole right. entourage. Panaro, you, you had your guys. Yeah, you had your guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was funny. You were literally <laughs> Marie Antoinette. It was literally half a block away. Yeah, we went. then, that was like a big, that was a big address. Oh, my God. That building was like the address. Somebody, hey, I live in Marie Antoinette. Whoa. I was like living at the Dakota <laughs> or the Plaza Hotel. Oh. Maria and you had the penthouse, right? Right, you the yeah. Penthouse. I had four other apartments for Georgie and all the guys, too. Then now, I bought it's a, now it's a shithole. Oh, my God. The only good news, I keep I have that land yet. 
That 23 X. Where you're going to do the hotel. Yeah, it was still there. The Renaissance Hotel, right? Exactly. Good memory, man. The Renaissance Hotel. That's funny. Hey, and, and then, then you moved on. Your career. Later on, we used to hang out at the Village Pub. Remember the Village Yeah, pub? late at night. Right around uh, the corner. Four, four in the morning, 4.30. Everybody after work would pop in there. You were on your way home. Right. We would stop in. Yeah. It's crazy time. <laughs> But then you, you, when you, you went into, when did you go to the Riviera? I went to the Riviera in 86. Oh, you know, so I it, went from Jubilation, then I went to work at the brewery. That was the other big Oh, that's spot. right, yeah. You didn't hang out at the brewery. I didn't that like was, that crowd, though. No. Yeah, tough crowd. Yeah. And it was, I used to work 11 at night to 7 in the morning, or 1 at night to 9 in the morning, and the dance floor was packed at 9 a.m. when oh, I yeah. left. Oh, it my God. Well, people don't realize... Day. There's three work shifts in Vegas. Yeah. And, and, and then they, they go they to work go and to they come rooms. in. You know, people will go to different places, remember? Oh, my God, yeah. You know, uh, and then I started, uh, I worked another club or two, and then I started at the Riv 1986. Didn't you, you, you worked for me, though, at State Street? Yeah, I worked for you uh, at State Street. And what I year was that? Mr. G's, a few places. Hey, listen, when you had State Street, First, I went there. Uh, I, I used to enjoy going there. Even my wife, who you've met, Laura, right. we used to go to State Street. I mean, it was a great spot. You could go with a date, dressed up. You sang most nights, and then Sonny King sang. A nice bar. You had Betty behind the bar. Oh, Remember Betty, Betty? my baby. I love Betty, man. <laughs> yeah, Betty, <laughs> Betty was behind the bar. And then... Uh, Who's the blonde-headed guy? You had a blonde Chad at the door. Chad. And then you oh started working for Chad. What was that? Uh, you you were working the door with Chad for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, he was a good guy. Good yeah, guy. nice kid. And uh, we worked. I worked there for a while for you, which I enjoyed. Uh, but everybody went in there. I remember I was working one night when Sinatra came. Oh, right there, well, Sinatra used to come, Dean used everybody came in that joint. Yeah, Don Rickles. Everybody, it really was a good spot, though, because it was... You know, you get dressed, it was still real nice, it was calm, it was no, you know what I we mean? We doorman, no, we we tolerated nothing. It was a good spot, and Commercial Center back then was a highline oh my God. shopping center, yeah. now that's a ghetto, it's terrible. I know, it's crazy. Wow. It it's, was I beautiful. Mean, that whole area fell apart. And everybody went in there, bosses, uh, you were friends with the governor, I mean, all the bosses from the casinos. I mean, that was the place to go. The food was great. I mean, that was, uh, it was great. Off the strip, a few blocks off the strip. You we know, owned it. Behind the Hilton. We operated know? 12 hours a day, six to six. Yeah. Six at night to six in the morning. <laughs> oh Unbelievable. Gosh. I mean, and that was calm. Listen, the brewery was 24 hours a day. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. 24 hours a day at clubs. <laughs> But you, uh, yeah, that doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Not there anyway. Yeah, you were there at that infamous night. I was there. Well, I don't know if I was there that night, but I was there uh, when you shot the guy, and the, there was no problems. I mean, you know, a lot of people come up to me, "Hey, Johnny, did he really shoot the guy?" I said, "The guy broke the bottle. The guy came after Johnny." I said he shot the guy, put the gun back in his pocket. That was Self-defense. That. There was no charges, no nothing. nothing. That, was, that was it. And they go, really? I said, I'm telling you. I know the guy for, since 1980. I said, I'm <laughs> telling you. I used to work for him. You know? That's we funny. had a good time. It was, it was a good place. But like I said, 
you know, back then, listen, I was a guy from the streets of Brooklyn, uh, and then suddenly I had the tuxedo on, I'm at Jubilation, then I'm working for you at your place. I mean, it was a whole oh, new world. thing for me, yeah, you know. I mean, no. meeting all these people and Great memories, celebrities. Yeah. and I mean, Jubilation, I mean, everybody came in there like they did State Street. Right. You know? No, we had, we had the place locked up. Pimp, you know, back then, Maitre D's and Captains, remember, Johnny, they were like, uh, you know, they were like big shots in town. Of course. You couldn't get a table without knowing them. <laughs> and they were very wealthy. They, oh, they made, made a lot of money. Two, three, four hundred thousand back in the six, 60s and 70s. That's a lot of money, man. You know? A lot of money. So, you know, I still keep in touch with I sold my house there, I think, uh, maybe five years ago. You but know, it's so I mean, reminiscent calling your number. It's the same 702 number. I kept the number. What, is, what am I going to go? He <laughs> still has it. I love it. Me, my wife, my two daughters. You know, my wife was born in Vegas. Oh, I didn't know that. my kids were born there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, my wife. So we, we all have 702 numbers. That's great. <laughs> I, I gave up my 702, and I kept my Beverly Hills number, the 310 number. When you were there. Then you yeah. went over there, I yeah. remember. I think I ran into you at the peninsula. Yeah, definitely. I was there all the time. When that, where you guys were doing the show. In fact, well, we were doing the show. Yeah. We would come out for the SAG Awards. Yeah, all of that. The Emmy Awards. They put us up over there. That was, and I, uh, I, I see, that's the last time I saw Galdafini. Was yeah. at that bar. We used to all go out. We yeah. Had a lot of, they used to, I tell you one thing about HBO, they used to do it right. You know, you, you get off the plane, they fly you and a friend, you and your wife, you right. and whoever you want. Two tickets, first class. Yeah. When you got off the plane, there was five, six limos. Nobody shared a limo. We all had our own car right. to the peninsula. And it was, uh, you know, you got your room and it was carte blanche. You were RFB there I until know. until Joey Pants. You know Joey Pants? Of course, I know Joey. <laughs> he had a birthday party for his kid by the pool. <laughs> that was the cost ten thousand. He threw a party. There was twenty five people there. Then one of the other guys brought his dirty laundry <laughs> from Brooklyn because oh his God. wife had wax on the coat. It was going to cost three hundred dollars. She brought the thing because they did your dry cleaning for free. After that, we couldn't that, do that it no more. It. They gave you a buck and a half a day, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> No, they would, I tell you, the memories, and, and reflecting the past few days after I spoke to you, to understand that how long we know each other. And you weren't even yeah. in the business. And look where you went. No, no. It's amazing. No, no. I started acting, Johnny, in the year. When, when did you leave Vegas? After I shot that guy. <laughs> 88. Yeah. So that was the early 80s. 89. Right? 89. No, 89. All right, so I started acting in the early 90s. Wow. Just screwing around. Once but look how well you did. God bless you, man. A lot of comics started doing, uh, put me in a little, you know, a little thing here, a little thing there. You know, some of the comics, because I ran the comedy club there. Yeah. Then mm -hmm. I started auditioning there. You know, I auditioned uh, uh, for Casino. I got a couple lines. You know, I got my set card. But I did King of Queens. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You know, I was getting little bit parts, Chicago Hope, whatever came to town. So the bug and bit I you. I started getting some stuff, and then I went back to New York for a wedding. And I auditioned for The Sopranos for a small part. Right. Part of an FBI agent. 
and I didn't get that. It was Georgia, uh, Christopher Walken's wife was the casting person, and she said, read this, and I read that. I went back the next week, and then I got the role. And the first year, I flew myself back and forth. I had to pay my own way. Oh, HBO then, me, yeah. They gave me no money. It cost me twenty-four grand. I made twenty-two grand. I did <laughs> oh six episodes. Then the following year, they made me a regular, and then I moved back to. I actually moved to Staten Island. Believe it or not, the only time I ever lived there. So I, I lived there for like six months, and then I've been here since. Then I moved to Little Italy. I lived upstairs from Il Cortil for Oh, a few yeah, I years. remember that, yeah. That was a lot of fun. I ran into you in there. Yeah, and, Ch yeah. and Chacho uh, was next door. <laughs> Chacho was next door. So that was fun at the time. And then, uh, you know, I mean, once we got on the show, all these doors opened, as you know, and I wrote the books, created shows. We turned one of the kids' book into a movie. Uh, I was uh, on another series for five years called uh, Secret Life of the American Teenager. Oh, I yeah. did 110 episodes of that. Wow. Then uh, Blue Bloods. Then I created some shows for Discovery. You know, I no, got I mean, lucky you, and you, I ran with the You're a very aggressive guy. You kept moving. Look yeah. look at all your other co-stars. <laughs> not, not everybody. You know, Hello. I got lucky. And I also, I knew it was going to end. You right. know, I knew once the show was over, you know, Johnny, like, once it's over, they, they we're not all going to work. So I right. wanted to be one of the few that, uh, you know, so I kept, you know, hustling. Now we got the podcast, Talking Sopranos. Yeah, I know. That it's doing really well. well. With Michael Imperioli. Uh, we're up to episode 10, and that's been really good. We're getting, I don't know, we've gotten over a million and a half downloads since we started. And, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, we well, do. There's a so many soprano, so many okay. soprano fans. Yeah, we do a rewatch. And then we have a live show called Conversation with the Sopranos. Last year we toured uh, Australia, and right now we were supposed to be in Europe. We do, uh, we show clips, uh -huh. we do question and answer, meet and greet. So, you know, it's it's uh, had a good life, and the Blue Bloods, we're good. when we go back to work, it'll be their 11th season, my uh, 50s. That's wild. God bless. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've gotten very close to Tom Selleck. I don't know if you knew that. No, he's a good guy. Oh, great guy. And we lived in the valley. I had a house up in Mulholland. And uh, and him and Larry Minetti, I got close to out of Chicago. Yeah, so he I was know on Larry. That. And, uh, and I did a, actually did a movie for Tom Selleck and his wife. A movie oh, really? of the week with um, James Colburn. We opened the movie. James Colburn was a priest and I was a woman. And we were both assassins. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. No, it's really oh funny. I loved, but what a gentleman! But you were in the Freshman, which is a, oh a, a lot, underrated movie. The Freshman. Oh, the Freshman, and poor right? Bruno Kirby's already dead. I can't believe it. Good, good guy and a good oh, actor. Nice guy. Well, yeah. I met him when he played Clemenza in two, as a kid. What liked, a great! I liked. Uh, I liked what he did in, in two. But do you know that he was up for a role on The Sopranos? I think the role of Joey Pants, that Ralphie role. Wow. They talked about him at one point, but he died very young. I know, I can't believe it. He died very young. Uh, uh, you did Wise Guy, that's a famous. Oh, yeah, that was a great pilot. Show yeah. yeah, Wise Guy was really good. But I, I had a deal with that maniac that um, I don't want to get into it so negative. He got AIDS and he started infecting women deliberately. 
Oh, the Ray Sharkey. Ray Sharkey. I don't want to mention his name, but Ray yeah. Sharkey. Ah, so yeah. no, Listen, he... <laughs> I talk about De Niro. I know he's your friend. He's an asshole. No and kidding. He's nothing to do with Trump. He's the... a flat out asshole of a human. No, but he was. I'm going to say it. That's all. You don't have to say it. I'll say it. No. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's having you on the show to me right now means so much to me because, you know, here we are 40 years later. And we, and we, we had a lot of laughs. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't do anything you know, if I wasn't I, I laughing. Don't know if you, I guess you remember, but, you know, like I said, the Village Pub, we used to hang out, and uh, jubilation was always something going on. You know, oh, yeah. People don't know, like, it was a nightclub, but Bob Hope was in there. Everybody. So, now, it was a classy place. The guy, you don't remember the guy in the toilet. Do you remember the guy in the toilet, Howard? Oh, yeah, I love that guy. It, he was a t t he was the only Jewish uh, guy from Chicago. He was the well, they they brought him from Chicago. For Chicago, they the brought him from Chicago. The toilet attendant, the bathroom attendant, right? Good guy, <laughs> he hung around with everybody, right? But he had his tip jar. Hello, you know his tip thing, and if you didn't tip, he'd come out, right? So he figured Bob Hope was in there. He's saying, "I hope Bob Hope comes in." He takes, because guys were giving him 50s, 100. Oh, yeah. You know, these are guys, these are the days when guys went in the bathroom together and locked the door, you know. Hello. And so, uh, Bob Hope comes out, he opens his hand. Bob Hope gave him 30 cents. Oh, I was going to say, Bob quarters. Bob Hope is the cheapest guy in the world. <laughs> a nickel oh, and a quarter. That is funny, man. But everybody was in there. Sugar Ray Leonard, O.J. Simpson. Every actor, every actress. I mean, yeah. And then see, when fortunately when they closed and made it a disco, they all moved to me at State Street. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And we yeah. had the action. And then uh, uh, Spilacho used to hang out in there. That's when I, I stopped going. Because oh, stop Tony was in there. I didn't know Rosenthal. I knew Tony. Yeah. Because he used to bounce around. But Rosenthal, I never, I never met him. But. Uh, I knew Lefty. Uh, you know, you know, Lefty had the balls in playing English to call me after all of this when he was living in Florida, and he heard I was performing at the uh, the um, Hard Rock in uh, Hollywood. Uh -huh. He said, "I have a restaurant. Would you come down?" I said, "You would." I said, "You don't want me to come down there. Forget him. I'll put That's a funny. bullet in your head, you jerk." That's funny. Idiot. I haven't. Yeah, I, ne I never knew him, but I knew Tony and. Uh, you know, Herbie and all those oh, guys yeah, that guys were around, but about, yeah. nothing like that even exists anymore. I don't even know, like, the times I do go to Vegas to work or something, sometimes I got, I go to that charity event every year for Alzheimer's, Larry right, Hugo. Right. There's nowhere to go. No. There's nobody around. There's not, you know, back then there was one place, like, right? Everybody. Right, new. You know where to go. We'll go to Alias Smith and Jones, right? right. Yeah. Somebody will be there. We'll go to Village Pub. Yeah. We'll go here. Somebody will be around. I, I, I had to go there last year, the first time in 10 years, and I'm laughing. I, I, I did a book signing at the Mob Museum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the yeah. old federal building. Yeah, downtown. So I, I like to fool around. Everybody was in the audience that knew me. And as soon as I walked out, I mean, the place was packed. And I said, you know how many years it took me to stay out of here? Yeah. The federal building, and now I'm walking in here. <laughs> they all fell on the ground. That's Even, very funny. No, was, but it probably what did, did uh, old groupies show up? Oh my God, girls everybody. From, oh my. Girls that you dated in the 70s. Oh my God. 
Johnny <laughs> Feet. <laughs> they came with their walker. Johnny, remember we went out years yeah. ago? It's funny, though. Because I liked all the women besides. So, I mean, you know, that, it's the funny you think you should say that. When I had a hat check room at the Copa, I was 18. So I used to hire all these girls in their 30s. I had and a that was old, and that was old then, the yeah. 30s, right? So, but I had a son with that lady who's now 58. Oh boy, she's wow. 20 years older than me. She's 97 now. Oh my <laughs> and my son say, "Dad, tell me you didn't go out with her." I had to dig up pictures to show how pretty she was. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. Wow, that's hilarious. But they're still around in Vegas. They're still... Oh, my God. They're still hanging out. But you know what? In your head, and I get it works for them, too. They they picture you. We all picture each other the way you knew each other back then, right? Of course. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I know. But, but, but you haven't seen the guy. And, you know, people have seen you on TV and stuff. People have seen me. But when you don't see somebody for 40 years, Modern. you think Forget that they it. still look the same. Yeah. And you go, holy Pete. People, people were coming up to me, like you said at the bar museum. Don't you remember me? And I'm saying, yeah. I, I don't. Who are you? And then they had to take out a picture, and I'm saying, boy, did you, I didn't want to tell them, you aged terribly. <laughs> I know. But that's, you know, people do that all the time. Come on. Tell me who I am. Tell me who I am. I was at a funeral. The lady's going, come on, you know who I am. You are. I said, do you really think this is the place to do this? I mean, oh really? God. I'm, I'm going to guess who you are? I have no idea who you are. You know, but, uh, yeah, it's funny. They're still around. They still got, oh, it's they crazy. got at the Italian-American club. Oh, right? Maron. But I heard they made it a nice club now. Yeah, I think, you know what? I haven't been, but I think that's the one place where, you All know, the, the old, old Vegas ago. people go. And probably a lot of people from State Street and Jubilation. We go in there now. You probably don't want to see them. No, I, I, I was asked to go because Bob. And they do well. They oh, they do really, music. really well. And the guy, they Bob, who used to own the place up on Sahara, he's the big yeah. partner. He's a nice guy. Yeah. 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 But he yeah. says, you got to come. And I said, hold it. If I come there, I have to bring $10,000 in cash because they all need money. Give me 1000 Give me 500 Give me 1000 Give me 500 <laughs> so crazy. Uh, there's people there you don't want to see. Oh, no, I know that. Old cocktail waitresses. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, I had I had how many girls working for me, like the Bettys and all those people. That's what I'm saying. We don't. I, I hope Betty's doing well. We haven't seen <laughs> Betty. Remember, she married that young kid, Eric. I'm saying, yes. what to me? She had two she was kids. A lot of fun. She was oh, good. oh my God, I love Betty. You I'm, guys have like your own Vegas language here. I'm not following yeah. any. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So, was, other, uh, other than your podcast, is there anything new you want to talk about? Nah, I'm doing the podcast, and then we go back to, you know, we were shooting Blue Bloods. We shut down March 13th. We had two and a half episodes to go. Uh, we were in the middle of episode 20, and they shut us down. So there's two that never got shot, and a half of one that didn't get shot. Wow. So, uh, I was in New York, you know, from, I, I've been there since January, but... You know, we were shooting, so we're supposed. We got picked up season eleven. We're supposed to. I love back. that show. They're talking maybe August. Yeah, that's I what they're saying so. to me wow. too now. I don't know how you do it though. You know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. You know, yeah. I don't know. I hope so. And, uh, and I do that, and then I just do the podcast. It's on every Monday. They drop a new one. We're up to number ten. We that's got uh, 
uh, 76 more to go because there right. was 86 Sopranos. David Chase called us. You know, David, uh, who I really, I've saw him one, I haven't seen him much since Jim's funeral. Everything is like before the funeral, after the funeral. Right. And I, I saw him once since then. And we did like two podcasts. I, I see on my phone somebody called. So I called the phone back. And it was David. I went, uh, this guy don't like the podcast. He's going to start yelling. But he loved it. He no. loved the podcast. He wants to come on and. I mean, that's great. That's you, know, he, pretty, you know, we got his blessing. That's the Godfather. Oh, man. no kidding. When he so, before uh, he before he did the Sopranos, he wrote a movie for me when they were doing the ninety-minute movies at, at Universal. Uh huh. And he wrote a movie for me. The, the TV movies. Yeah, a dwarf in the helium hat. And oh, I really? started it. I started it. <laughs> well, you know, he did all those Rockford files. Right? Oh, I know. I how many? I did. I did fourteen Rockford files. Yeah. No, I and did then a he lot. wind up, you know, he used a lot of the same people yeah. a lot of times. No, he called Once me, but know. I was making. I, I I went to Italy for about ten years with the Vatican. I was making so much money, shuffling money for every casino, everybody else. I said, out there. I, yeah. And you like living out there? Oh yeah, I was I was living in the Park of the Principe in the Villa Borghese in Rome, in in Johnny and Yelly's apartment. He gave it to me. I love this. Guy. Uh, Megan, Johnny's like Forrest Gump. Oh, I know, right? He's, He's lived 84 lives. He's like Forrest Gump. That's funny. So. If you think about it, you know, uh, I worked with Woody Allen. You ever work with Woody Allen? No. I worked with Woody Allen, and, and I liked it. You know, I was a big fan. Uh, I was a big fan. We did a movie in Coney Island, and I always wanted to work with him. And it was good. He's very, uh, he was quiet. I, I used to and, see him, uh, but you, what, you know, once it got into that pedophile stuff. Yeah, but I don't think you know, Johnny. I I, I read his, I read stuff. I think we got that all wrong. I, I mean, I don't know what anyone does. I don't know either. I, I don't. But I mean, but to I me, don't think I don't think that's true at all. I mean, I got loving kids. I think it's odd that he married. He yeah. didn't marry his stepdaughter, but he married his wife's stepdaughter. That's what I'm I saying. Find that a little strange, but I worked with him and and. We shot in Coney Island, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, it's hard to believe that he writes these things. He he barely says anything. You know? I know it's amazing. You know, he headlined Vegas once. He told me clarinet. Yeah, it was clarinet. Well, he used to play to Carlisle every Monday night. Yeah, yeah, I saw him there. Yeah, yeah, clarinet's not his thing. No, <laughs> he's playing with the reed. Yeah. He keeps <laughs> but uh, no, that's all I'm doing. I'm doing that. I like coming out here, you know, when we're not shooting. Oh, I that's great. Here. It's a great it's area, too. It's quiet here. It's nice. I go to Vegas once a year. I I'm going to be... Out, you know, some good friends, uh, a charity thing. That's it. I've had enough. Vegas, it was great in the old days. It was a small town. It's right. a different place now. I want to invite you and your family. I'm opening at the Pala, P-A-L-A, in San Diego. It's oh, nice. Let me know. $4 billion, $4 billion hotel. Yeah, I know. I know. I know what it is. I've never been there. You let me know. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there in August. You got to come. And did you do Andiamos yet? Yeah, I'm doing the Andiamos in September. That's good. We do that with the show. Yeah, you told me. We've been doing that. it for years. Good spot. Good guy. And Joe's a good guy. Yeah. And the restaurant's good. Well, know? I got so many dates. Just before the pandemic, I was at uh, Niagara Falls Fallview Casino, had 1,500 people. Two and a half I, minutes standing ovation. I did a one man show out of my book. 
with the nice. film clips of Sinatra, Kennedy yeah, assassination. So we'll be you know, crossing paths. You know, listen, we've had a lot of success with that. Just people want to know. They want to talk. I of mean, course. Younger people even, you know. Yeah. And like I said, we were doing these dates, a lot of casinos, the Borgata, right. Foxwoods, and blah, blah, blah. We did Westbury Music Fair. Then we went to Australia last year. Yeah. I don't know. You ever been to Australia? I love Australia. Yep. A lot of Italians there. Oh, my God, A lot God, of great yeah. Italian restaurants. So we we did seven shows all throughout Australia. God we bless. did 2,000 people a show. Sure. Uh, and then we were supposed to do Europe. Like I said, we're supposed to be there now. 16 cities. You know, we show clips. We tell stories. Uh, people want to know. question and answer. You know, the people like it, you know. Yep. You know, it's a good little show. If you're a fan of... You know, the show, it's, uh, I don't know when there's going to be live performances again, though. You know, Johnny, I hope. I'm, I I'm, I'm starting, I'm starting to work in July, live performances. Oh, that's good. And that's August good. also. You know, I mean, they, they, they're building uh, rooms that are for like 100 people only, but for high yeah. rollers. So Small rooms, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't know what's going to happen if there's a second wave of this. And I, we don't I mean, know the nothing. world Nobody is divided now as it's been oh my since God, uh, the Civil War, you know? Crazy. Well, I want to thank you. I love you. And I love you, my friend. I hope to see you sooner than later. No, please. Stay safe. And, and uh, good luck with your podcast. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, buddy. You too, and I'll talk to you. I'll All right, please. Take care of yourself. God bless. I'll Bye. see you. Bye. Well, it's time for the mailbag. Oh, and before we get into the mailbag... Steve Sharippa wanted to say goodbye to you. He was so impressed with you. He said, the next time she has to go to the bathroom, tell her to have her manners and excuse herself first. So I told him I'd let oh, you know. Yeah, sorry I dropped out just like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mailbag time. It's sad that Pat's not here. Just um, Yeah, I know. Mostly questions directed at you. I had to do a little bit of changes, but um, unfortunately he can't be with us. But and we want the audience time. to know it's nothing serious. Fortunately, he'll be back next week. It was just an emergency thing that came up, and but we could not wait for the guests we had tonight. We exactly. rescheduled; they were all over the place. But Pat will definitely be here next week. Yes. All right. First question is from Ward. Ward says, "I recently read about a conspiracy theory that Frank Nitti assassinated Mayor Cermak of Chicago in 1933 in Miami." using an attempt on FDR as a cover story. The assassin Joe Zangara, reputed anarchist, was actually a hitman, a kind of 1933 Jack Ruby. Gianni knows the Nitty family. What's his take? Do you, do you well, know anything about unfortunately, this? Unfortunately, uh, for most people don't know, Nitty was a claustrophobia, the grandfather, great-grandfather. Oh, okay. Great-grandfather with John and the kids. Nick, my partner that's in the book, this was his father, and uh, he took all of his, they, they were about to indict him, and he was claustrophobic. He mm -hmm. went to church with his family that Sunday. He excused himself, went upstairs, emptied out his pockets, took off his jewelry, and he told his wife and kids, I'm going to go take a walk. And he went down to the pier and blew his brains out. Oh so... Gosh anything about his past, how could I ever talk to anybody about? I wouldn't. Right, right. And, and we're talking about the 30s and 40s, so that ends that right there. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I have no answer to that question. All right. Moving on. Next one is from Daniel. Gianni, from your time in Las Vegas and L.A., did you ever meet or know Johnny Carson? If so, what were your impressions of him? I love Johnny Carson. And it was so funny. And I got to know him. And I made a big mistake one night because every Monday night I had a, a TV show in Las Vegas called Welcome to My Lifestyle. It was long before The Godfather or anything else. I was just buying so much airtime for my wig stores and jewelry shops. They suggested you're such a flamboyant guy. Why don't you host like the Thursday night movie and you get on the whole two hours? I said, I'll do it. So I did it out of my house on the Las Vegas Country Club. And it got to be Monday nights, you got to be at Johnny Russo's house. (laughs) So one night, the guard called me and said, Johnny Carson's at the gate, can I let him in? I said, yeah, okay. And Popeye's with him. He said, no, he's really Johnny Carson. I said, get out of here. Johnny, <laughs> you think Johnny Carson is going to show Good up my response. gate? He's not going to have somebody call, just show up. Right. And a couple of seconds passed, and he said, Gianni, it's really Johnny Carson, and he's really getting pissed. I said, are you going to stop this? Tell Johnny Carson to go to his own party. Uh. Never had me on a show. I did... During that time, 23 Merv Griffin shows, uh, the other guy in the afternoon. I, he, I never so you think have, that he was still... Oh, no, he's that way. Oh, wow. no, he's... A, I found out later, that's the way, you know, he is. Very, you know, very confident and very... But very aloof. And see, my house in Las Vegas Country Club, everybody's familiar with him. It's right behind the Sahara Hotel where he performed for years, owned a piece of it. So the, oh. the rumor was, you know, because I had Pat Cooper, Sinatra, Dean, everybody come by my house. Mm-hmm. So they must have told him come by Monday night. But whoever would think he'd just drive over himself? Normally these people would call up. You know, if Don Rickles was going to come, somebody would call. Sinatra, somebody calls. He but was just stopping by? <laughs> just stopping by. And you didn't believe it? No. So wow. He never forgave me. <laughs> But he he's that kind of guy. Grudge. No, he does. He does. Wow. Crazy. All right. Next is from Bill. Gianni, I just wanted you to know that I first saw you recently on Patrick Bet David's interview. I loved it and shared it on Facebook with friends and family. I bought your audiobook and subscribed to your podcast. I'm enjoying it all. My question I was checking out the YouTube video on the 2017 Tribeca reunion. And Godfather reunion, I think he's talking about. And notice that you were conspicuously absent and not even a mention of your name from Francis. What's the backstory on this faux pas? Well, Francis and um, James Kahn and a lot of other people just didn't like where I'm at in the world with the Godfather and the products and, oh, okay. and the business and I, I don't know what went on with Francis and Paramount and why he didn't get the product. I don't know anything about that. But it's something that the world even said to me. How much did you pay Coppola to get the rights? First of all, I didn't get the rights. We formed the company. My, my partner, Jeffrey Dash, who's you know very in, astute businessman. Mm-hmm. This was just not a gift. It was money transferred. You just don't get this. Right. But, but everybody, De Niro couldn't figure it out. 
says, how'd you get this? I said, I paid for it. <laughs> but that's, there's always been, first of all, Francis didn't cast me. I was, I, he had to take me. So there was a lot of things like that, I think, that I was just stuffed in a lot of people's faces. Okay. Jimmy Kahn hated me because he was a true thespian going to every acting school and even ballet lessons, I found out later. And for mm. me to just walk into that, and he wanted to be a, a gangster. And I wasn't a gangster, but he thought, you know, I knew too many people that yeah. he wanted to know, and he got to know them. And uh, it was just a whole... A whole California thing, which I think is so petty. Oh, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, you and uh, James Conn definitely did not get along. No. I think we've all learned that yeah. by now. All right, next is from Mitchell. Mitchell says, My father-in-law said that he worked with Sammy the Bull, Gravano's wife, Debbie, at a place called Scorpio Realty in Brooklyn, and sometimes Sammy would stop by there to pick up his wife and take her out to dinner. He said Sammy was always pleasant with him and was always joking around. Did you ever meet Sammy the Bull? And if so, what was your experience? I, I knew Sammy a long time. Not to, friendly with him. Because you know, once I knew where these people were going, and even though I think maybe we were the same age, I was so far beyond that already. Don't forget, 19, 20 years old, I'm involved with the Kennedy assassination. I'm worried about right. street, street crimes, and they owned the mm -hmm. lumberyard. And what do I care about that? That's right. I, I left the neighborhood not to get involved, not to become yeah. friendly with them later. I mean, I was in this company numerous times because of my friend Joe Watts, who was my yeah. lifelong friend and still is. But, you know, I, I know a lot of people like them, but uh, never got friendly with most of them. Hmm. You saw he, he's doing a reality show now? I'm sure he's going to do a lot of things. But I think you better get going because uh, three major guys are coming out in November. Oh, uh oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's why he's trying to get it done fast. I don't oh, know. Oh, my gosh. And then, you won't, and then you won't see him anywhere. I don't know. I know I wouldn't be like around. Uh oh, to me. <laughs> All right, next is from Jake. Gianni, you've clearly had many incredible mentors throughout your life, many of which have since passed away. Who would you say you are? Who are your closest confidants and mentors today? Today, oh my God, mm -hmm. um, Al Malnick, still alive and well. We've been friends for over fifty something years. Um, I don't know if I should say their names, but they are my mentors. I'll say it: Tony Federici, very mentor. Okay. I see him once a month, and there's people that I know I can call, and they'll tell me exactly if it's right, wrong, or otherwise, and will hmm. tell me to stay away. So I've been blessed, really. I have some, oh, and uh, Steve Marangoff, a totally legitimate guy. Right. And, and uh, so I have, I have the good, the bad, the ugly, the black, and the gray, and the white. I have everybody <laughs> in every category. <laughs> oh, that's great. How about mentees? Who are you a mentor to? Oh, my God. I think I'm helping some people. That you know, younger people, you definitely you. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but no, no absolutely. I, you, you are oh, my uh, prize <laughs> protege. Really? <laughs> but you know, you know, I don't really come across a lot of people and get close to them where they come to my house and mm -hmm. get to know your family. And you know, we spent New Year's Eve together with the whole family and all that. I don't want anybody to get, to get yeah, right. No wrong ideas. No, no. but 
you represent and your family represent something that's non-existing. And I know that I could say that because I wanted it. And thank God, I, I mean, not thank God, but the reason I didn't get it was for so many reasons. But reflecting on it now, even with my own kids, I don't have the rapport I have with you. So yeah, we're me, very close. Yeah. That is true. But it's good. And and yet sometimes it's it's hard to get close to family. Sometimes it's a person that, you know, your mentor or whatever. And I think right, it, you become close for a reason. And, and I'm going to say something. I'm saying it on the air, obviously. I, I feel you'll never disappoint me. You think so? And I say that. I could say that probably about nobody. Wow. Yeah. That is very, very sweet. No, but it's true. You I really appreciate that. And I feel that with your father Very and your whole family. I mean, I don't know your mother and you know, I know your father and you closest, obviously. Right. But that's Wow. It's true. That is very, very sweet. Thank you. All right. Next one is from Daniel. I'm in the process of reading Gianni and Patrick's excellent book. From Gianni's account, it sounds like he had little formal ed education growing up. He is obviously a very intelligent and articulate man, as well as being highly successful in his enterprises. Where did he pick up his education along the way? The streets, the school of <laughs> hard knocks, and mentors. And mentors. Look at Maya Lansky. I had people like, uh, you know, Tony Ocado and Frank Costello. Frank Costello was my main guy until '73. I did nothing without talking to him and getting his advice and listening mm -hmm. to it. No, I mean, I, again, I am so blessed and, and I'm, I'm really, in my mind, so successful in so many diverse businesses, but I could never have done it without a lot of people. And currently- I mean, you had real life experience yeah. in so many different aspects. Yeah, and, and again, uh, Steve Marangoff, this guy is like, for 20-something years has like mm -hmm. been there. And he's an amazing friend. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. All right, next one is from Gabriel. Gabriel says, awesome podcast, guys. Megan, would you ever be interested in being an extra or have some sort of role in the television series about Gianni's book, Hollywood Godfather? We can't tell you, yeah. but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely in it. If the question is what I love, would I be interested? Yes, 100%. <laughs> and we'll make sure that happens. I mean, being involved in it in any way is going to be the most amazing thing to see, you know, your life come to life for all the rest of us to see and experience. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't wait. I can't wait for that project. And I'm sure everybody else can't wait either. And whoever asked that question, I, I'm not selfish enough to think you're going to be around many years with me. Because I think you're going to get a career on your own that's insane, especially on camera. Well, I would hope so. But I think we're going to be, I think we'll be best friends for a long time. Oh, no, no, that, definitely. I'm talking <laughs> no, about career-wise. Yeah, career-wise. Yeah. All right. Next one is from Armin. Armin says, hi, everyone. I love the show and especially Megan's voice, which always sounds so sweet. But this message is for Gianni. Oh. Gianni, I know you were fond of Kirk Kerkorian, and you have mentioned he was like a mentor to you. But did you know Kirk's protege, protege Alex Yemen Yemenijian? I love Alex Yemenijian. 
Okay, kidding? I almost just butchered that name. Let me just finish the rest of the question. He said, I know Alex was Kirk's right-hand man when Kirk owned the MGM, and also recently Alex went on to own the Tropicana. By He's himself. also a very dapper and snazzy dresser like you and thought you might know him. I definitely know him. I love him. And how, you won't believe the story. Most people don't know the story. Hmm. Kurt never had a son. He has a baby boy now. But for years he wanted a son. And he met Alex Yemenijian, who was uh, an accountant, a genius kid. And plus the fact that he's Armenian. And like he pointed out, and we're doing radio, Alex dressed to the nines, slick back hair, class of class, and one time he had a problem. Kurt said to him, I want you to do this. He said, well, I really don't want to do this. I, you know, I'd rather stay in my own business. Kurt bought his business the next day from him for multi-means of dollars more than it was worth. Oh, my gosh. And he, and he called up. And not know it was Kurt. Oh, he, my gosh. He said, I, found, I, I can't believe what happened in my life. He says, and Kurt says, I know. He said, what do you mean, yeah? Uh, he said, your company was sold. He said, yeah. He said, I, I want to take that offer. He said, that's why I bought it. That's so how he didn't even know that it was him when the deal was nope, being made? No, nope. but Wow. And he ran, I mean, he really ran MGM. Guy's a brilliant wow. guy. Brilliant guy. But then, he, you know, after Kurt and all that, then he bought the Trop. I think he bought the Trop more for his son because they own the Tropicana Hotel, which, again, it's... He goes full circle because Frank Costello owned the drop. I had a call oh, yeah. with the drop. I mean, it's like, that's <laughs> craziness. That is crazy. It always comes full circle. All right, next one is from George. Gianni, I'm so fascinated by your relationship with Marilyn Monroe. What was the thing that surprised you most about her, and what do you miss the most? I miss her entirely, and it's ironic because the day we're recording this show is her 94th birthday. Is that weird? Was it, 90, was it 94? Yeah, 94. You said 92, and I was like, that ain't right. It's 94. Oh, was it 94? Okay. Yeah. okay. So anyway, uh, Marilyn, what I felt about Marilyn, it was, I mean, the looks, the sexuality, all that, that was, that was not my attraction. Right. At the time we met, we both needed a hug. And that was our motto. Give me a hug. And our, our, our backgrounds, me coming from, you know, Polio Award at the age of 12, her coming from an orphanage at the age of 12. We had so many parallels. And right. even making it as the star that she was, they just, the Xanax just wanted to use her as a sex symbol. And she really wanted to be known as a serious actress. Mm -hmm. But she just, you know, but I think that was the quality that I loved about. She's like a little girl in this woman's body. But uh, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I, I, the biggest or the saddest thing in my life, I only had four years of a friendship with her and then she got killed. Right. It's unfortunate. Well, I, happy birthday, Marilyn. Yes, happy birthday, Marilyn. <laughs> All right, moving on. Next is from Jean. Jean says, Gianni, you've clearly had interactions with countless celebrities throughout your life. Who was the first big celebrity that you ever met? Frank Sinatra. And how old were you then? I was 13. I walked into the Copa on a late afternoon like I used to do a lot. And I already knew of him because we shared the same birthday. 
And if you read my book, you'll know on December 12th, Dolores Barone, Carlo Gambino's niece, gave me a transistor radio. Right. And on my seventh birthday, I started listening to Sinatra and hearing his accolades, humble beginnings from Hoboken, Italian American people. And the next year, I walk into the Copa and he's doing a sound check. And he looks at me and then looks at Julie Bodell to say, like, who's this kid? What's he doing here? And Jules caught it and he said, no, Frank, that's Costello's kid. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, he accepted me. And he's my, Luciano, my son Luciano's godfather. That's amazing. No, so, so he was my first celebrity. That's definitely a good one. Yeah. For the books. Absolutely. All right, well, that's all I have for tonight. Well, that's an awful lot. And we want to thank you, all of you, constantly. And I hope you're rating us and giving, what is it, ratings? What is yeah, it's the, it's the iTunes reviews. Reviews. iTunes yes. reviews. We want to be successful. <laughs> and we, we're getting there. We need your help. Yes, we need your help. And thank you for telling your friends, sharing it. Our numbers are going up. And we'll be here next week. Keeps the cards and letters coming. We love you all. Be safe and healthy. God bless. Good night. Pat, we missed you. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. Or when it seems your friends desert you, Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night. Hi, I'm Patrick Picciarelli, co-host of the Hollywood Godfather podcast, private investigator, and co-author of Hollywood Godfather, My Life in the Movies and the Mob. How much do you think you know about the infamous Son of Sam serial killings? Or think you know? My new crime novel, Blood Shot Eyes, is a fictionalized version of my real-life private investigation of the Son of Sam case. In this gripping account, based on fact, Private investigator Ray Yale finds himself immersed in this infamous case years after it was supposedly solved by the NYPD and the killer sent to prison for life. Yale uncovers facts which involve a celebrity's involvement and unleash a killer hell-bent on remaining a free man. A psychopathic policewoman, a small-time thief, and a police department cover-up add up to a page-turner of unrelenting suspense. Bloodshot eyes is available exclusively on Amazon.com.